You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pacers fans, welcome into this Thursday edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast. I'm your host tonight, Tony East, today, sorry, Tony East with the West Indianapolis Community News in 8.9 seconds. And joining me for this episode is a fellow writer at 8.9 seconds, Will Fur. Will, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I've been better after my eyes have been better, and I've watched better basketball games than the one <laughs> I uh, For those of you that didn't get a chance to watch, the Pacers won 105-101, which looks, I guess, okay. The Grizzlies were supposed to be really good, but they're not. Uh, but with, what was it, 34 seconds to go, it was 100-101 Grizzlies? Yeah, yeah, that was not great. No, it was not. Uh, thankfully, they were able to hit a basket and Bojan hit three free throws in the last minute. But yeah, they, they tried to choke it away. Uh, what was your uh, what were your impressions of the game as a whole? Well, this looked like every Pacers Grizzlies game in history. <laughs> I, I feel like I could sense Frank Vogel on the sideline. There were turnovers. People couldn't hold on to the ball. Uh, it was just classic. Of course, almost all of the players have changed, but apparently some things don't. <laughs> 32 total turnovers. It was uh, very ugly. It felt, to me, it felt like it was, it was a Kings game because I feel like every time the Pacers play the Kings, there's a ton of turnovers and there were a skillion in this game as well. But I guess we should move chronologically. I don't really know if there's a good starting point in this game. <laughs> it all just kind of bounced all over the place. Uh, the first quarter was the Miles Turner show. Uh, he was playing. Well, he had like six rebounds in the first quarter and 10 of his points, I think, or 12 of his points in the first quarter. Is that right? I can't. I Gosh, I should remember. Yeah, they were uh, they were tracking to see who would get a double-double first, which is hilarious. Turner doesn't rebound that well. But he was, after the <laughs> first quarter, he had 10 and 6, and Gasol had 9 and 5. Yeah, so he had a really nice first quarter, especially considering Gasol was guarding him. They actually were running the pick and pop. Uh, but five of his six shots were in the first quarter, which is concerning. Well, he did wind up with 12 free throw attempts, though. Yes. Yes, he did, which is sensational. Uh, 15 points looks funny when you only take six shots. It looks like you were really efficient. But uh, the story for me and him in this one is 11 rebounds because, you know, as we've been complaining about all season, uh, you know, he's he's an outside guy. So obviously the offensive rebounds are going to come, but the defensive rebounds are are not usually there. And he had nine tonight of his 11 were, were on the defensive end. And in the first quarter when he was scoring so well, they, they ran a few post-ups for him, which were working. And uh, that was really nice to see. Yeah, especially against a guy like Mark Gasol. Uh, Gasol is the type of guy who normally kills Turner down low. He's got, you know, what, 30, 40 pounds on him. He's got a couple inches, and normally Miles just can't rebound against those kind of guys, but he out-rebounded Gasol on the night. He rebounded against the Gasol Brandon Wright, like, 14-foot of front court. <laughs> yeah, they, those guys are long. Brandon Wright, basketball reference, lists him as a power forward, and I think that's got to be the, the worst miss of positions of any player. <laughs> Yeah, ESPN does too. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but another thing for the first quarter that I just wanted to, to point out, which it made me laugh more than anything, because I, it's obvious at some point that the team's going to have to either start Sabonis and Turner together or just figure something else out. But the the so Sabonis subs in with like five minutes to go in the first quarter, and the very first offensive possession was just perfect. It was a horns drop set, so the Sabonis and Turner both dropped to the block, and then. Turner and Oladipo ran a pick and pop, and Oladipo had a wide open three, and he just happened to miss it. So the offense worked perfect, and Sabonis slipped out into the short corner right when Oladipo or when uh, when Turner rolled. So there was space for everything, and it was like, okay, like these two guys can work on offense. 
And then on defense, uh, Marcus Saul ran a pick and roll with, I want to say, uh, Wayne Selden and Ivan Rab cut. And um, DeMontis Savonis, who's guarding Ivan Rab, tried to show to stop the pick and roll. And Ivan Rab had a free cut to the lane, and the defense was awful. And <laughs> Ivan Rab missed the layup. But it just it was the perfect summation of what the fears are that those two will be great on offense together and not so great on defense. And it just made me laugh. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think uh, either of them right now moves their feet well enough to guard uh, 75% of power forwards in the league. Oh, I totally agree. Ivan Rab, like I, I, this guy played like 70 something minutes this season before tonight and he played 22 minutes and all of a sudden I was like, Oh, Ivan Rab has a wide open layup. So I was, I was glad he missed. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Ivan Rab though, uh, I guess the second quarter is a place to transition to, which is a lot of bench time. Uh, The Grizzlies bench, was out playing the Pacers bench in this one. You said this before. I didn't see it, but I'll, I get to say it now and sound smart. Uh, every Pacers bench player was in the negatives in their plus minus, and all the starters were positive. So the bench was largely ineffective today. Uh, Leaf and TJ Leaf and Joe Young only played four minutes each, so you can't put too much onus on them in that. But, oh, no, Joe Young, he had a foul. He was a foul away from a $4 billion. <laughs> oh man that would have been awesome uh sorry <laughs> but they only played four minutes not a lot of onus on them but joseph sabonis and lance uh were all in the negatives uh the grizzlies bench actually played okay two-way player mike henry not a lot of playing time for him this year was a plus 11 and 23 minutes he uh was two of three from deep uh, what do you think was the difference on the bench it was it was so strange to see that to me well uh nate and this is something that i don't necessarily like nate's playing 10 guys but he only plays eight in the second half uh, Leaf and Joe Young tend to get a little bit of run in the second quarter and then never see the light of day again. Uh, every starter for the Pacers played between 33 and 36 minutes. And they Memphis has some guys coming up on two ways. They've got a lot of guys who are hungry, a lot of guys who maybe are fresh. And I just think it's the end of January. This is the doldrums. They've got guys who are fighting for their NBA lives. We've got guys who can't wait for the all-star break to rest their ankles and knees. And that is a, that is a fair assessment. I had never even heard of Mike Henry, whose name is spelled M Y K E by the way, um, before this game. So that was, that was certainly something to see. He hit a shot and I literally turned to my computer. I was like, I have to look this guy up. Cause I don't know who he is. That's the second player of the season that when he came in the game, I didn't know who he was. Who's that guy in the the jazz? Uh, Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal. I had no idea who that guy yeah. was in the game. But, yeah, he's the second one. He was actually okay. He was plus 11, which I think – oh, by far a Grizzlies high at plus 11. That might have been a game high, wasn't it? No, Turner beat him at plus 15. But, yeah, he was actually effective. So maybe we'll see more Mike Henry with a Y as the season goes on. But that was my only big takeaway from the second quarter, unless you had something that, that you want to talk about. No, the, the all-bench unit is not good. Um, <laughs> it's – it's it's not great. They're playing Joe Young or Corey Joseph, I guess, as the nominal two guard. But but neither of them are large enough to guard anybody. So you wind up with two small point guards. <laughs> TJ Leaf, who hilariously just watched on the pick and roll. <laughs> I don't even remember who he was guarding. His man come out and set a ball screen. And Joe Young was defending the point guard, and Leaf just watched as the point guard, and Joe Young ran right by them. Yeah, it was a Darrell Martin screen, and and TJ Leaf came up kind of like he was ready to defend, and then he just stood there the entire time. 
Yeah. <laughs> didn't didn't hedge, didn't put out his arms. Yeah. I think he got caught thinking, and then he he couldn't recover at all, so he just did nothing. I don't know what to think of that. It was, <laughs> it was super odd. If you don't, if you haven't seen it yet, it was at the very end of the first quarter, and I I, I ask you to look up the play because it was very comical. Uh, but yeah, Leaf, I'll have a piece about Leaf out today because I got to talk to him on practice on Tuesday by myself. But Ooh. he said he's working on defense, and and you know that's I asked him if it's a myth or not that that's the biggest adjustment from college to the pros. Uh, if it's that much faster and he said, absolutely. So, you know, I expect that from him this year. He's a rookie. So hopefully that comes around eventually. Something else though, Lance missed his first shot and I was worried that he would not have a good game, but he immediately canned a three on a second shot and actually was pretty effective. He shot 62 and a half percent. So good for him. I heard JJ got some stat from Indy cornrows about that. <laughs> you know, I, we can't bring that up because of the Indy cornrows reference. How disappointing. Uh, we love you, JJ. Uh, third quarter was when Memphis kind of started the claw back in, I guess. I don't know if they were ever really out of it. Uh, they lost the third 22-29, to 29, but they won the last five minutes of the third, and the momentum kind of shifted, and the game was really close heading into the fourth. But the third was largely the most uneventful quarter of the game. Uh, Andrew Harrison did a few nice things. Uh, Andrew Harrison turned over the ball six times, but he actually impressed me with a few of his plays because you know he kind of is forced to step in in the Mike Conley situation, but... Yeah, the third quarter was really boring. Yeah, Andrew Harrison had six turnovers and didn't even lead the game. <laughs> yeah, only tw- I don't know what they're going to do without Conley because Andrew Harrison and Mario Chalmers, who did not even play in this game, like they just have nothing at point guard at all. Oh, they're getting ready to trade Tyreek. They may play two-way guys the oh rest my of gosh. the year. How have we not brought that up yet? Yeah, Tyreek Evans traveled to Indy with the Grizzlies and then they got deep enough into trade discussions with I don't know if it ever got reported, but deep enough, they decided they're going to arrest him until they trade him because they don't want him to get hurt. So Tyreek did not play, which if he did, the Grizzlies probably would have won. Yeah, <laughs> you got to think so. <laughs> so he can, uh, we can be fortunate for the trade. The trade deadline did help the Pacers. See you guys. There it is. The, <laughs> the biggest trade for the Pacers was the Tyreek Evans trade to someone else. Uh, the fourth quarter, though, things did get eventful because the, the the Grizzlies finished their comeback described at the end of the third and took the lead, and it was actually terrifying that they might win for a second. Yeah, yeah, it really, really looked like they were going to uh, steal one that would inevitably hurt come the end of the year. Uh, Wayne Selden took off in the fourth quarter, probably the best quarter and game of his NBA career until the very, 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 very last moments, which we will get to at the end of this Uh but he was eight of fourteen with some of his points coming in the fourth, getting them back into the game. And did he did he end up putting in the shot that gave him the lead? Yeah, I believe so. So he scored to make it one hundred one to one hundred with I want to say thirty four seconds to go. No, no, like fifty seconds to go. Excuse me. And the Pacers had the ball, or the Pacers were on defense, and Dylan Brooks had a pretty good look with about thirty seconds to go, and he missed it, and then Turner. Went up for a rebound, got his hands on it just barely, was able to tap it onto the floor, and immediately drew a foul. And that is where I was so pumped for Turner because we've, like we talked about earlier, we drilled him for the rebounds, but that one was huge. Yeah, and it was huge that he made the free throws. Yes, so important also on the other end. Sunk the first one, Collison comes out for Joseph on the defensive sub, in comes Turner. Uh, and then the, Gr- the Grizzlies come down, and there's a loose ball foul on Oladipo, and I freaked out, but... Turned out they weren't in the bonus, so it, that was the luckiest thing ever because it actually helped. <laughs> it turned off the shot clock, so the Grizzlies had to reset, and Gasol turns and shoots. They get the offensive rebound with Selden. 
Uh, Selden ends up driving. Uh, Corey Joseph, I think, got a finger on it. I can't say for sure. It was a questionable-ish block, but he got credited with a block, so good play by Corey Joseph, who they just subbed in for defense, so good on Nate for seeing that one. And then Bogdanovich got the rebound, and uh, for some reason, I my theory here, and you're, you can – you can refute it because it, I'll admit it was a boneheaded play. Bogdanovich caught the rebound with about one and a half seconds to go and started to dribble, which if he had just stood there, the clock probably would have run out. And my theory is that on the scramble on the Selden offensive rebound, he didn't know how much time was left when he caught it. So he put it on the floor, but uh, he could have easily turned it over and blown it there. But he got fouled on that and then chaos. Yep. Yeah, I, I think the chaos all started because the Grizzlies obviously wanted a shooting foul. Yes. Uh, they thought Selden should go to the line, and I think that plays into what Bojan did. Um, <laughs> you think they might call a foul. You just want to get out of the area. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing he did get out of the area because apparently the Grizzlies were pissed, and so Drum Martin reaches in and fouls him with uh, – look, the game set a final on TV, so everyone thought it was over, um, and it wasn't. There was point seven to go, and they, they called the foul on Martin, and Bojan had two free throws, which would have put the – the Pacers up three and giving the Grizzlies a chance, but uh, when they went to replay and they called the foul or they called the no foul, I guess on the on the shot, Wayne Selden was pissed and you know, the refs got a tech, got kicked out of his best career game. So <laughs> now now it's not his best career game. So now Bogdanovich has a tech free throw and the two free throws, and uh, this is not going to ever get discussed probably because it's not really a big deal. But I actually think it's a good call to have him take the tech free throw, just give him like a warm up basically for the other two. Yeah, especially when he's that good of a free throw shooter. Canned all three, game over. Well, should have been game over, but then the inbounds play happens at the end, and the Grizzlies throw it into Marcus All. He turns and shoots a three, and all the Pacers have to do they could let him make it. Who cares? They win, and Boyan closes out, and he didn't foul him. But why even close out? Yeah, he did. He didn't even get close to fouling him. To be <laughs> fair, but he he shouldn't have run at him. He shouldn't have. They should have just laid down on uh, under the basket. All five players. Terrible flashbacks of Larry Johnson. <laughs> yes, that is a. Oh my goodness. But uh, you have any takeaways from the fourth quarter? I only really went through the last thirty seconds of of game there. Well, uh, Vic Vic Oladipo was bad. Yeah. Uh, he had a bad game, but he was bad in the fourth. His shot selection was meh, which sometimes happens when they need him to score, but. Did you say it too in the in the group chat that he was having the inaccurate passes too? Was that you? No, but I agree with it. Um, okay, seven turnovers. I think it's got to be a season high, right? Yeah, seven turnovers, thirteen points, one of five from deep. It's uh, that's not great, and I I think he's won so many games for the Pacers that come the end of games, you know, they hand the ball to Vic, let him do his thing like they used to do with PG, uh, and he. Didn't have it tonight for whatever reason. You know, everybody has off nights. But the the fourth quarter was a mess for both teams. Loose balls everywhere, turnovers, fouls. It was uh, – I agree. It was really ugly. And, yeah, you know, they, they've been letting Vic do that all year, which in the number of games he's won, you know, he's allowed to have a bad game like this. But sometimes when the shot's not falling, I wish they would just run a play – but, you know, I don't think you can go away from what's been working. I, I I can't say. I'm not a coach. But it just seems like they should have been doing something different as the lead slowly dwindled away. What was it? It was a, it was 99-93, and that's when I thought it was over with four minutes to go. And then they they only scored one more point in the next three minutes of the game. Yeah, it was it was a mess. 
it was a mess on offense. Nobody could handle the ball. Uh, I think they got Bojan a good look right around that three and a half or four minute mark from deep that he missed. Yeah, in order, it was uh, Bojan missed that three, Collison missed the three, Turner missed a free throw and then made a free, like that could have sealed it right there. Oladipo misses a three, Oladipo gets that charge. I mean, it it just kept not working out. Even None of them were really like bad shots, really, except for Oladipo's uh, fourth three with about a minute 40 to go. That was right after the Grizzlies took the lead. Yeah, they they didn't seem to have any idea what to do. Yeah, I agree. And they, I like the no timeout sometimes, but that was not the time for it. But regardless of the uh, the yucky taste the game got me, uh, it ended up in the right column of the win-loss. So we can be thankful for that. Yep, this will not go down in the uh, archives of awful, ugly losses. Yeah, they've had a few this year, but we will be back tomorrow. Actually, Adam will be back tomorrow to talk to you about a preview of the Hornets game, Sands McMillan, and I don't know what we're going to do for the Sixers. I hope Adam does something tomorrow, so we don't have a weekend episode, but we'll see about that. Will, you got anything you want to promote or talk about before we get out of here? Uh, I've got a piece coming soon looking at some of the, uh, what I like to call second contract guys. Yep. For those of you that don't know, second contract guys are rookies who were either in a bad situation or just their team, for cap reasons, doesn't have them anymore, and they are free agents at a very young age and can do well in a new scenario. Is that the guys you're looking at? Yep, either trade targets or guys who are going to be free agents after their rookie scale deal. Yep, and some of those guys end up working out. Uh, Some of them don't. Ben McLemore is a second draft guy for the Grizzlies, who was not a good player tonight. But there are countless examples of those guys working out. Uh, Tyler Ennis on the Lakers is one this year. So be on the lookout for that. It'll be really good. I'm looking forward cool. to it. Thank you, Tony. And is, is it uh, – it's is it uh, sorry, is it Wilfer8P9S on Twitter or is it Boots with the – It's Wilfer8P9S. Okay. All right. So <laughs> it sounds like we're saying penis. But <laughs> it is at Wilfer8P9S on Twitter to follow Will. Writes great stuff, does a lot of the post-game grades for us, which is awesome because then I can go to bed earlier. Uh, as always, I'm at Locked on Pacers or at T East NBA. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. So we're not actually done here because I want to tell you guys about my bookie before I finish this episode. Because it's Super Bowl time, I want to tell you about my bookie specifically. If you haven't checked them out, it's the perfect pl- time to get into the action and get your gambling on. You have a hunch who's going to win the coin toss or what Gatorade colors are going to be dumped on people. you got to log in now, check out the props, and get in on the action. We did these in my fraternity in college all the time. It's a great time for everybody. It's really fun just because you can do fun real football bets or you can do fun meaningless like national anthem length bets. They're just hilarious. It's a great way to have more fun watching the game. And you can join me and thousands of other players doing it at mybookie.ag. MyBookie is the industry leader online sports book. Its players enjoy the fastest payouts in the business when you win. I would only recommend a service that's great to you guys. That's why I urge you to try MyBookie. You can win. You can have fun. You pay the next day. No hassles. You're wasting your time if you're betting anywhere else. And they have in-game live betting. So even during the game, if you want to bet on a hunch, go right ahead and do it. So uh, my call to action to you is to join right now and score free cash 
and score your place to to bet on the Super Bowl winner before it's too late. Right now, MyBookie is giving away up to $1,000 to every new player. Sign up today. You can score an instant 50% bonus with your first deposit. If you join and give $100, you get $150 bankroll to play with. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate that offer. You can play. You can win. You can get paid. You can have a ton of fun during the Super Bowl, whether you like football or not. I highly recommend trying MyBookie.ag today. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer.